Welcome to Tucker Talks. Today I'm going to talk to you about preparing food safely. Um, I'd like to share just some basic information on serving safe food for the holidays or just for any day. After being a national restaurant trainer affiliated with the National Restaurant Association for serving safe food for over 10 years, the information has improved my areas um, towards serving safe food. So I just want to share some of that with you. So the number one question is how do you keep food safe? Um, after you listen to this podcast, you probably won't go out and eat no more or you just won't eat everybody's cooking. But I just want to talk to you a little bit about some of the things that I learned during the time I was teaching this course. I mean, how? Um, so the number one question again, how do you keep food safe? I mean, how do you serve your food? How do you cook your food? How do you serve it to your family and your friends? Well, there are three food hazards that can make a person really sick that you may not be aware of. One of the most common wastes is a physical hazard, which includes an object like a Band-Aid or, or um, acrylic nail falling into the food or some glass or dirt or even a piece of jewelry accidentally falling into the food while you're preparing it. This is called a physical hazard. Anything that is like an object that gets into the food is a physical hazard. The next hazard that comes to mind is biological hazard, which is kind of hard to detect because it cannot always be seen with the eye. And you might not even be able to taste it. But biological hazard, um, which is a hazard that can be transferred, it transfers pathogens to the food, which is a form of cross-contamination for both physical hazard and biological hazard. So an example would be if any form of bacteria like coronavirus or or some type of parasite or fungi enter into your food while you're preparing it, that's an example of a biological hazard. Spit, somebody coughing in their hand and then not washing their hands properly and preparing your food, that is a biological hazard. So if a person coughs or sneezes in their hand and begin to prepare your food, prepare your food or prep your food without proper hand washing, this biological hazard can make somebody really sick or ill after they consume the food. Another form of hazard is chemical hazard. Most people like to clean and cook as they prepare food and may accidentally spray the cleanser on the food while preparing it. An example would be preparing your salad and spraying sanitizer maybe on the cutting board or uh, and then go back and shred your lettuce on the same cutting board that you have the sanitizer that you did not wipe off. Um, this would be, again, is a form of cross-contamination, and it can transfer pathogens from the surface onto the food. Now that I've made everybody's stomach sick, let's talk about time temperature abuse. Did you know that letting foods stay too long out can cause pathogens to grow on the food? An example, your food must always stay within the correct temperature to prevent pathogens from growing on the food. So you go to the store, you get the turkey, you put the turkey in the trunk of your car, you ride around with the turkey for an hour before you arrive to your home. Microorganisms are now growing on your turkey. Next, you get home and you take the turkey and leave it out on the sink to thaw overnight. The truth is microorganisms, which you cannot see with which are biological, are growing on your turkey. Microorganisms need time to grow on food. So a single cell will grow from one cell to another, even fast as fast as up to 20 minutes. 
So just think, you can't wash them off, you can't cook them off. Now back to the turkey. The next morning, you decide to cook the turkey and you don't cook it at the correct temperature. And now more microorganisms are multiplying on the turkey. Now after 55 minutes, you take the turkey out and you leave it out on the counter for six and a half hours until dinner. Um, your family show up to eat the turkey and later everyone begin to complain that they feel sick, thinking they are full and they overate, not knowing they have a touch of food poisoning. Now this is a hazardous to everyone and some people's immune system can handle it, but or their, their digestive system can handle it. But the most vulnerable one would be children, elderly people, someone pregnant, someone taking medication. It can definitely harm them. So keep in mind, if a person gets sick, this is foodborne illness. If two or more people become sick, it's called a foodborne illness outbreak. The proper way would be to purchase a turkey, go straight home with it, and place it in the refrigerator to unthaw. Cook at the required temperature, and after the turkey is finished cooking, either cool it down quickly and place it in the refrigerator or prepare to consume it within four hours. After everyone has finished eating, immediately make sure it is cooled and placed in the refrigerator. You don't wanna keep hot food out too long, can't be, held without uh, being heated for over four hours. Now, let me talk to you about food poisoning. Have you ever had it? You'll know if you had it. Um, when you go to a restaurant and eat some food and 30 minutes later, you, you run into the bathroom, you're vomiting, or you're using the bathroom at the same time. They say coming out at both ends. But this is a form of food poisoning. This human illness is caused by foodborne microorganisms and food poisoning. And so microorganisms are the tiniest, those um, tiniest life forms of bacteria like yeast, molds, um, viruses. Those are called microorganisms because they are the size of them. Micro meaning very small and uh, organism meaning living being. Um, those bacteria, yeast, molds, and viruses can kill, kill someone. So foodborne illness may be identified into two major groups like food infection and food intoxication. Food infection results when you eat food contaminated with pathogens or bacteria, and these bacteri bacterias then cause you to become ill. Food intoxication refers to the consumption of the toxic chemicals produced by bacter uh, bacterial growth in food which are not seen or with your eye. The time between consumption of contaminated food and the appearance of foodborne illness is called the incubation period. And the incubation period can range anywhere from less than one hour to more than three days, depending on the contaminated food. Now let's get back to talking about foodborne illness. Let me, let me just share a few bacteria, uh, bacterial food intoxications which cause um, foodborne infections like botulism. It, it is a toxin, and this can be caused by simply, um, let me give you an example, like someone stores some cans in a warehouse, some rats urine on the urinate on the can, which um, I heard this, I don't know if this is true, but rat urine is lethal. 
um, far as being poisonous. And the vendor loads the cans into the soda machine. You then purchase a can and do not rinse it off and you drink it. Next thing you know, your throat is swelling up. You can't swallow. You're experiencing vomiting, diarrhea, and you can't even breathe. And you can't even die from it. This is botulism. And so, therefore, I honestly think that's probably why they pulled all the canned machines out and now you have the bottles. Another one would be salmonella. Everybody usually know that one. It's pretty familiar. Um, it can cause fever, abdominal pains, cramps, um, the same symptoms as botulism. Uh, Shigellosis also is another one that can cause diarrhea, fever, headache, nausea, um, and even a I hate to say it, but a bloody stool, you know you're sick then. A familiar one that we often hear is called E. coli. Um, it's a bacteria that comes from unhealthy animals. Like if you get some ground beef and it came from a cow that had E. coli and you ate it, um, these infections are known as shigatoxin. Um, there are many symptoms to an um, E. coli if infection that you'll probably want to know about, such as experiences stomach problems. And these symptoms can be abdominal pains, vomiting, and diarrhea. So those are some of the most dangerous um, bacterias or pathogens um, that we are going to have discussed and are going to continue to focus on. Now, all of this is hard to swallow, but just keep in mind to pray over your food before you consume it. This is why it's so important to also properly clean and sanitize your uh, surface, your counter, your sink, your chopping boards. The kitchen ought to be clean before you even start cooking in it. Just be careful not to let food come in contact with a contaminated surface. So another harm is having poor personal hygiene. Well, we all know since COVID-19, we must wash our hands and sanitize them. Well, when you are preparing to cook food, you must become like a surgeon. And we know they wash their hands before conducting surgery. We have learned from watching TV how to proper, uh, how important it is to wash our hands and sanitize. For those of you that are not aware how to wash your hands, the whole process takes up to 20 seconds. You can either sing happy birthday and you don't sing happy birthday for the whole 20 seconds. You're singing happy birthday for probably 10 to 15 seconds. It's a, you're scrubbing your hands and your arms under hot water, applying the soap and the lather, going, uh, making sure that you are cleaning the palm of your hand, your thumb, which is real important, and definitely your nails in between your nails and your, all in between your fingers. That is from 10 to 15 seconds. Next, you will begin to rinse your hands and then you dry your hands with a single um, uh, paper towel or blower, but don't use your apron, you know, like your cooking apron. The, and don't take your apron to the bathroom and then come back and cook. But use hands uh, antiseptics only after you wash your hands. Never put it on. Um, never. I see people, they eat out and then they put the hand, they put the hand sanitizer on their hand and then they start eating their food, not knowing they got cross-contamination. The food, the hand, antiseptic, and now they're eating. You, the proper way is to wash your hands, then put it on and let it air dry uh, before you actually eat. So wait for the, um, wait, and you got to wait for it to dry a little bit before you immediately start eating. But washing your hands first 
is important. We are aware that our hands can transfer pathogens to food and hand washing is a critical step for avoiding food contamination. It is important to wash your hands after touching anything that can contaminate your hands. An example would be like nowadays I see a lot of people in in food service, they'll be now touching their masks that are on their face. They'll be rubbing their mask, putting their hand underneath the mask trying to, because the mask is falling down, then they go and they touch your food. So touching your mask, even with gloves on, gloves, just because the gloves are on, they don't protect the, they protect the person more than they protect the person touching the food. You really have to be even more careful when you wear gloves. So touching your mask, putting on gloves, touching your hair, your face, or any body parts, um, you, and you have to definitely wash your hands. Uh, after using the restroom, taking uh, taking trash out, the garbage out. I've seen people handle food, push the trash down in their hand with their hand and then go back and prep food. So that is not good. But and also, let's say you have you have your you washed your hands, you put your gloves on. Now you're handling raw meat and then you go over there and you're handling handling meat that's already cooked. You're cross contaminating it. Or you're touching your apron and your clothes, you're sneezing, you're coughing, handling chemicals, eating. Oh, definitely don't eat or drink while you're preparing food and handling money. That's why even at the drive-up window, they have one person handles the money, the other person, they handle the food. So this is really important. After touching anything that is contaminated with your hands, you've got to wash your hands. Um, when you're using those gloves, again, you got to change them if they become soiled or ripped. Um, also like if you're going to change task, if you have gloves on and you're working with the poultry, then you have gloves and you're touching the lettuce. Of course, you got to change your gloves before you touch either one of them. Gloves should be changed every four hours or if they become soiled. And one thing that's really important, if you're going to wear the gloves, make sure the gloves fit and the gloves don't fall in the food. Um, wash your hands before putting on the gloves and when changing to a new pair. So again, it's important to have good personal hygiene, especially when it comes to your hair. Uh, have your hair pulled back. Don't hear hair hanging all in the food. Clean apron, clean clothes so that you can prevent cross-contamination. Another good thing for a good cook is you don't eat while you're cooking, and everybody does. And definitely, again, don't chew gum because saliva can fall into the food. It is very crucial that you do not prepare food if you are sick. If you have COVID, don't go making nobody nothing. They don't want that. A few symptoms of evidence of being sick are vomiting, diarrhea, or even having a sore throat or having a fever or cough. You definitely might need to get checked out. Now, let me talk to you why, about why it's important to properly um, control the food with the time temperature. The best way to prevent the growth of pathogens is to control the time and temperature of the food. So a few foods that must be controlled and kept safe are definitely milk, eggs, and dairy products. Oh, God, yeah, even watermelon and cantaloupe. Um, also, things like meat, like beef, poultry, fish, shellfish, those have got to be kept in the right, uh, pro- they have to be stored properly because there's something called a temperature danger zone. The range is from 40 to 140. 
all cold food has to be held 40 degrees and below, and all hot food should be held 140 degrees Fahrenheit and higher. So there are several ways food can be in the danger zone, and a few are by improperly cooking the food, heating the food, storing the food, thawing the food, um, simply leaving it out at room temperature too long. So allowing food to reach the temperature danger zone can be have serious consequences causing someone to get sick. Since the spread of bacteria cannot be easily detected because you can't always see it, like I said, it's really small, you can't see it with the eye, we must keep food at a safe temperature when cooking it or even putting it in the refrigerator. I actually throw my own out after three days, no matter what, but I believe you can store um, your food safely for up to seven days. Yet, if it does, doesn't look good, don't smell good, then you need to throw it out. So how do you prevent um, food from reaching that danger zone? Well, you got to keep food safe in order to keep your family and friends healthy. So let me talk to you about storing the food. Your food should be stored at temperature at the temperatures between 40 and 140, de- 40 degrees Fahrenheit to 140 degrees Fahrenheit. Again, all cold food has to be held 40 degrees lower. That means anything cold always has to be 40 degrees and lower. And all hot food has to be kept 140 or higher. Cold food can be held without being in refrigerators for up to six hours. So if the lights go out, power go out in your house, all of a sudden, don't let everybody keep opening up the refrigerator. You can keep that refrigerator shut and don't let no one go in it for up to six hours and you should be good to go. After six hours, everything in there that's supposed to be held at, uh, at that cold temperature should be discarded. So hot food can be held without being put away for up to four hours. That's why when you out at the barbecue, you know, we still have food out. But one thing I hate to see is potato salad out on a table when it's 90 degrees outside because I know that it has it's it's going to eventually get into the temperature danger zone. Anyway, cooking food. When preparing food, it is important that its internal temperature reaches the proper level. So this is one reason a good cook would invest in a thermometer to keep checking the internal temperature of the food while you're cooking it. Never mix freshly prepared food products with any food that is currently being held. I have personally witnessed a certain buffet, I won't call a name. They took the collard greens that had been out for four hours in a serving pan. And when it, the pan was halfway empty, the cook came out with fresh greens. And instead of just putting the fresh greens out and taking the, the greens that had been out in the pan and taking it away, she mixed it all together. And uh, that's not good. So if food has been held at a temperature below, if hot food has been held at a temperature below 140 for more than two hours, it's recommended to throw it out. Another thing um, we often find ourselves doing is overloading the refrigerator. I'm guilty, which can bring the temperature up in the refrigerator and place the food in the temperature danger zone. This is one reason you don't put hot food in a refrigerator because the temperature of the refrigerator will rise and this will cause the food to be in the danger zone. Also, be sure to check expiration dates. Well, we don't write dates on stuff in our refrigerator, but we do think back. When was If you're looking at a refrigerator and you can't remember that piece of chicken in there, you'd be like, 
when did, when did we have that last have that chicken? If you have to start thinking about it, you need to throw it away. Store ready to eat food on the very top shelf of the refrigerator. That's how you store that. Next thing you would put is your beef or your pork or your fish is on the second uh, tray in your refrigerator. The third tray is your ground meat, any ground beef, eggs, um, that goes on the third tray. But the last, always put chicken and poultry at the bottom of the refrigerator. If you have the chicken at the top and the ready to eat food at the bottom and that poultry drips down on into the food that is already cooked, it will cause cross-contamination, which will cause food poisoning. So understand when you throw away food, um, if you don't know, if you understand that if you don't know how to, uh, how long you should properly keep some food and you're not sure, throw it away. You got to know when to throw away food. That pa- So pathogens, because pathogens can still grow on the food in the refrigerator. It, they just grow a little bit more slower. So even an unopened hot dogs or luncheon meat or bologna hasn't been open and it's been two weeks and it's two weeks in the pack, never been open. You might have to throw it out. So when in doubt, throw it out. About the freezer. Now, sometimes you go buy ice cream, you bring it home, it unthawed, and then, you know, it start dripping and then you put it in the freezer, then it freezes. Then all of a sudden ice crystals will start to be consuming on top of the ice cream. And this is an indication that it had been unthawed and rethawed. Um, Therefore, microorganisms grow on that and you can get freezer burn, which will really mostly what that will do is take away the flavor of the food. Um, It has no flavor, no real flavor once eaten. Now, when it comes to cans, I cans, the heat is the enemy for cans. Some people think it's in a can. It's cool. Uh, You may not or you may be aware that food stored it in high temperatures if canned food is stored in high temperatures, it can quickly become spoiled, especially over 95 degrees Fahrenheit. Like in your trunk, got a bunch of cans food in your trunk on a hot day. It's best to store all your foods in a temperature controlled environment that is kept at 70 degrees Fahrenheit. So your canned goods should be stored in 70 degrees Fahrenheit. So if it's 90 degrees outside, do not keep your cans in your trunk for a long period of time. When serving food, do not touch the surface of the plate or the cup. In other words, don't put your thumb on the plate serving others or grab the glass or cup with your fingers inside the part of the cup where which they're going to consume the drink, whatever they're drinking. Um, When it comes to utensils, don't touch wherever a person's going to eat off of. Never touch that area. Always use tongues to transfer food to the plate. Scooping ice. Don't scoop the ice with your bare hand. Don't transfer the food with your bare hand. Let me talk to you about changing your dish towels frequently, which some of us don't. Some of them keep them till they start to smell. Then they go, "Mm, this smells. I think I'm going to go ahead and put it, wash it now. But do not use the same dish towel over and over and over again without properly washing it. And the sponges, let me tell you, they carry bacterias. Do not use your sponge to scrub off chunky food debris, wipe up fresh meat juice, dirt, fruits, vegetables, the floor, 
um, even behind the pit and then turn around and wash your dishes with it. Ooh, that just sounds horrible. I think I'm feeling sick. Just use a paper towel, uh, cleansers, get a towel, or even just um, if you got a towel and you're going to use it after you use it, go ahead and throw it in the washer so you can wash it. Keep sick people away from your prep areas too. That's something that I wanted to say earlier. If somebody's coughing and they're sick and you're you're fixing food for the holidays or any day, don't have them in your kitchen. Tell them go over there. You might need to quarantine them somewhere. Mm-hmm. So, um, when it comes to cooking poultry, just remember it has to be 165 degrees, uh, 74 Celsius or higher when cooking poultry. Any food marinated or ground beef or ground meat must be cooked at 155 degrees or 68 Celsius higher or higher. Um, whole foods like beef or pork or fish must be cooked at 145 degrees, 63 Celsius or higher. And all food that need to be held hot should be 135 degrees or higher. And that means if it's on a buffet, you're going to have to have some burners underneath that food to keep that food at the right temperature. And again, those serving utensils, um, just be careful and make sure you serve wisely. Want to quickly talk to you about the most common um, types of food that people are allergic to. A lot of people are allergic to milk and dairy products. So if you have that in your food, you need to let them know. Wheat, um, eggs, egg products, soy, soy products, uh, fish, shellfish, peanuts, tree nuts, and all kind of nuts. Some people just are simply allergic to it. So make sure your guests know what ingredients are in the food before you serve it. And even the grease you use, the oil may contaminate someone. And some people might be allergic to onions. So those are things that you watch out for. Um, also, try not to use the same cutting board when you're using, when you're cutting meat. Let's say you might have a cutting board that's red. That's strictly for meat. Green, that's strictly for vegetables. Make sure you don't uh, cut off this on the same cutting board. Uh, let me, let's talk about storing chemicals. Keep all your chemicals away from your food. Some people store them under their cabinet in the kitchen. That's fine because they're under the cabinet in the kitchen, but don't leave it out on the counter and somebody might mistake um, some vinegar. They might think it's vinegar and then it might be something like um, Clorox. You know, uh, just be careful. Let's talk about pests, pest, pest. You know what pests are. They keep your eye out. Um, when it comes to pests, you better keep your eye out and look out for things like um, maybe you notice there's some dust tracks along the walls in your kitchen or you see signs of dripping from rodents or they look like there's a nest being built up in the corner. Those are things you better look out for when you're cleaning your kitchen. Um, if you have, think you got cockroaches, um, they'll be small capsules. They'll look, they might have a strong oily odor and they're drippings that look like, um, grains of black pepper. So remember, do not, um, cook your food on a surface that you're not sure about. If you think you got roaches, don't, I don't think you should be serving to your family and friends. I think you need to be calling pest control.
Okay. So we've talked about everything that I could think of. Oh, I did want to tell you about um, cooling your food uh, or unthawing your food. Um, when you're cooling your food or hot food, make sure you place it in, let's say you're cooking your food and now you got to cool it because it's hot. Place it in small, cont- safe containers. Don't place it in glass and take the glass and place it in ice, but place it in safe containers and put an ice, let's say put ice in a container or put ice in your sink and take the container and put it on top of the ice. You want to cool it quickly to put it in a refrigerator. I tried it once, put a bunch of ice in the sink poured my, um, my um, I think it was vegetable soup into a glass container and took it out of the refrigerator and I, I mean, out of the um, oven, the glass container and placed it on the ice. Guess what happened? Yep, that's right. It busted. I was, that was probably one of the dumbest things I ever done. Just one of them. So um, just be careful. Uh, divide the food into small containers, safe containers. Then put ice in a clean sink, fill it up, and then place your food in there and keep stirring it till it's cool and then put it in the refrigerator. Because if you place it in the refrigerator, it's going to bring the temperature up in the refrigerator. So that's why you got to cool the food. Plus, it prevents microorganisms from multiplying on it. Now, there are, let's talk about thawing food. There are three safe ways of thawing food. In a, you can do it in a refrigerator, in cold water, and in the microwave, cold running water. Okay. And so in, um, just to talk to you a little bit, never, ever thaw your food, leave your food out to thaw on the counter because microorganisms will multiply and grow on that and you cannot cook it off. It will not kill it. So in my conclusion, never thaw foods in your garage, your car, your outside porch or your kitchen counter. Pathogens will have a field day growing on your food. Continue to practice proper hand washing, cooking, um, cooling, and storing food to prevent your family and friends from being exposed to food poisoning. Since we eat out and purchase food from the grocery store, it is important to remember to pray over your food before consumption. And for updates and updated information, because things do change so fast, in reference to the proper temperature for food, visit the website at the USDA or the National Restaurant Association for Serve Safe Food. And so those are some of the things that I remember actually teaching and going out. And that is what I learned from the National Restaurant Association. Thank you so much for your patience. Um, Thank you for listening to Tucker Talks. Till the next time. Bye. Thank you.